All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, let's start with the earthquake going on here in B.C. politics here. This is wild here. Yeah. This B.C. Conservative Crazy. Party rising up in these polls. I'm, wild. We're down in the basement of the legislature. I walk, grab a coffee, walk in, and who do I run into? But John Rustad. Oh, well, he was just, he was just, he was just in just here. just in here, yeah. yeah. So uh, his office is actually just 20, down the hall 20 here. yards down the hall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Rustad, sort of the... Epicenter of this earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> this this um, this poll from Abacus Data. Yeah. Uh, which follows, you know, it's not an outlier poll. So Angus Reed and Leger and I think Main Street all had polls a few months, a few weeks ago that showed the conservatives either tied or slightly behind or slightly ahead of BC United, way right. behind the NDP. Yes. Now. The most latest poll from Abacus is the NDP still way ahead, but the Conservative Party is now over the BC United by nine points. Right. And that also, our colleague Jazz Joe Hall got his hand on a, a privately commissioned poll in Abbotsford, the, the right in Abbotsford West with a 300 sample, which is, you know, not pretty significant. Good poll. And it shows the Conservatives, again, way out in front of the BC United. And this is supposedly a BC United stronghold, right? That's, isn't that Mike, Mike, that's Mike De Jong's right, which he's held for, what, 20-something so years? Well, almost 30 years. So he goes back oh. to 1994. He won that by-election. It, it used to be called the old Matsqueve riding. Right. And he won a by-election there where he beat Grace McCarthy by, yeah. I think, 42 votes. Right. I've always maintained, others have maintained, too, if Grace McCarthy had won that election... Yeah. The Social Credit Party might still be here, yeah. might still be a political force. And the B.C. Liberals, which eventually became the government, would never have risen to, to the point where they were at. Yeah. So De Jong's election was a pivotal one uh, that was historical. And now we're in a, another historical moment. Are we seeing a, a political realignment yeah. of the parties? Mm -hmm. B.C. United has no identity. No, no one knows what it is. Uh, it was just they've sort of shelved the BC Liberal legacy, which governed this uh, this province for sixteen years, um, won four elections, and replaced it with this non-entity. Now the BC Conservatives, which historically, again, no no force at all in BC politics since World War II. Yeah, since they were part of the coalition government. Yeah. You know, uh, the last elected member was nineteen seventy eight in a by election. And then quickly lost in 1979. You have to go back to the 1970s when they had two members, Scott Wallace and Hugh Curtis, and one of them went over to the Social Credit Party. So they've never been a force. And now they're the second-place party in B.C. Yeah. It's quite astonishing. And yeah. Again, it's, this is a historical moment. It really is. And what's going to happen here now, there's bad blood between... John Rustad, the conservative leader, and Kevin Falcon, the yeah. B.C. United. Because remember that Falcon kicked Rustad out of his party. He used to be a BC Liberal, BC United. Falcon kicked him out over yep. his views on climate change. That was probably the biggest mistake Falcon ever made. Do you think if he could go in a time machine and go back in time, he wouldn't do? He, he oh, wouldn't do that. I don't think he'd do that. The other no. thing, I think, the other big mistake was changing the name. Oh from yeah, BC Liberal to BC United. So those two horrible mistakes. So now the two are talking. Oh yeah, sure, we can always sit down and talk uh, about merger and this type of thing. But uh, okay, who's going to lead? Is it going to be Kevin Falcon or John Rustad? So Rust, when, after Rustad did this, the BC Liberal, the BC United Caucus attacked Rustad constantly on Twitter, yes. mocking him, uh, calling him out. Uh, and I thought, why are you doing that? If you want to, any chance of overtures to bring that back, reconciliation, why, why would you attack? So, yeah. but now Rustad holds more cards than they do. 
Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what transpires here. Okay, let's listen to a little bit of Rustad here talking to me this morning. So I asked him about Kevin Falcon, the former leader of the uh, BC Liberal Party, now the BC United Party, the bad blood between them. Played a clip of Falcon for him. Here's how he responded. Well, you know, what else is he going to say? Right, he's at a party that is that is dissolving around him. Um, you know, he's he's apparently he wants to be the last person to turn out the lights in that party. What you're seeing really in politics in British Columbia is every generation or two you see a shift. You see a shift in terms of of where the coalition in the center right goes, and that's what we're seeing today. Because you think he's, he's right, it is a shift. Maybe he's going yeah, on. I think he's partly correct. I think you have to go back to 1991. For a, a parallel, what we're seeing. So back then, the Social Credit Party had been the government. Had been the government for years, uh, with the exception of the short-lived Barrett government. So from '52 to '91, with the exception of three years, it was a Social Credit government. Then it imploded from within, went into an election campaign looking very shaky, but still as the government and as the established ruling party. It blew up in the campaign. And the B.C. Liberal Party, which had been dormant, again, since World War II, uh, since the days of Duff Patello, only had a handful of members at its best time, suddenly became the alternative to the NDP yeah. out of nowhere. And are we seeing that today where the Conservatives, again, politically dormant for decades, is that now the alternative party to the NDP? Yeah. And it's not a coalition yet. And the B.C. Liberals, it took a while for the B.C. Liberals to become the so-called free enterprise coalition. It wasn't until the 2001 election that that occurred. It took 10 years for that coalition to meld together. So the Conservatives, if you, under John Rustad right now, is a pretty far right-wing party. It's not a coalition of Liberals and Conservatives. And I'm not sure there's enough time for it to become a coalition, but it may become the dominant alternative party to the NDP rather than BC United. Okay, let's play a clip of a Rustad speaking to me a short time ago about the potential for a merger, okay? So what I said to him was, why don't you guys get together here, you could merge the two parties, BC United, BC Conservatives, you could call yourselves the United Conservatives. This would be a great name, right? Mm -hmm. um, why not do that? And here's what he had to say to me. You know, a week can be a long time politics. All things are possible. So you don't rule that out? I'm not ruling anything out. But what I am saying is that we stand for very specific values. Anybody that wants to be part of that and that supports taking that approach, I'm more than happy to have a conversation in terms of how that can work. Yeah, is this so possible? That's, that's not a coalition he's talking about. He's talking about a pretty hardcore conservative party. So um, championing anti-vaxxers, championing anti-soji, um, Again, not not it's pretty hard line when it comes to climate change policies. Which is now John Rastad says he's not a climate change denier. He's he calls himself a realist. Yeah. But in three areas, they're significantly different than BC United. So yeah, we BC got into United, some, we got into some of those issues this morning in the interview. Like SOGI is the sexual orientation gender yeah. identity program in schools, which the BC United Party supports. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the, well, they created it. They created. They brought it in and. Uh, Rustad said is opposed to it. Like he would take this program out of schools. So how do you how do you heal that over? Uh, yeah, and, and, and there's a lot of other policies too. So yeah. again, I don't think it, it would. BC United would basically have to uh, acquiesce to all of BC Conservative policies, which are completely uh, different than and opposite of of their position. So BC on, on on the vaccine issue, we got into that as well because uh, David Eby has called him an, an anti-vaxer. Essentially, he's well, anti-vaccine. He said he said I'm not opposed. 
He said he's not anti-vaccine. He's anti-vaccine mandate. Mandate. He's okay. anti-vaccine mandate. Yeah. 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 But it's again, the difference between these two parties are is significant. It's not a it's not a narrow. Now, Falcon is m- moving to the right to capture those conservative voters in a bit of panic, I think. But he would have to go completely far to the right. Although Falcon has also come out against the vaccine mandate. Yeah, but uh, but not Soji, not other. Well, Soji issues. is about is going to be a tough one to. Yeah, deal with. and there's other issues as well. Um, so it it would have it wouldn't be a coalition. It would yeah. be basically the BC Conservative Party. Yeah, and there are members of the BC United who I just don't think could go there. There are some that could for sure, and it'll be interesting to see with these polls. Are there going to be more floor crossers? Oh well, yeah, you know this is the one of the. This, I, I, this building is buzzing over these developments. Everyone's talking about it in the dining room, in the hallways. People are saying, "What's what's going on?" I mean, this is this is the talk of BC political circles right now. Is this a political upheaval, and what's going to happen to Rustad, to Kevin Falcon, to BC United, and BC Conservatives? And does David Eby pull the trigger on a snap election in the yep. spring to take advantage that's of this? That's the other thing that's being talked about around yeah. here. Um, I know some New Democrats favor an early election because they don't want the B.C. Conservatives to surge to the point of becoming a real serious threat yeah. to taking, which I don't, I mean, it's hard to see the Conservatives winning seats in Burnaby, for example, or North Van, or, part, you know, much of Vancouver, or Vancouver Island. It's And again, you go back to that Abacus data poll, the NDP has a huge dominant lead where the ridings are, which yeah. is Metro Vancouver. Right. And the Conservatives are nowhere there. It's very much still a rural, upcountry country, uh, upcountry party. But, um, you know, as I said, we saw in 91, the electorate can move very quickly. Yes. And that frightens the New Democrats, some of them, who think, ugh, not sure we want to give them enough oxygen. They also must be frightened of the the possibility or the talk of a merger. Like if these two did, if they were somehow able to do a team up, um, that would be a big threat to the NDP. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe, I, and that would know. be another reason why EB would want to go early. Yep. yep. Right? Yep. No, you don't want to give them the other side too much time yeah. to organize here. But again, a merger is going to be tough to pull off, given the egos involved yeah. and given the policy differences involved. Yeah. But, but Russ had talks about uh, in his interview with you about the business community pressuring, you know, oh, yeah, that, that's going to happen. Sure. Sure. Um, uh, both sides don't are having fundraising trouble. And again, as I think I said yesterday, the smartest thing the NDP ever did was banning corporate donations. That cripples the BC United and BC Conservatives fundraising efforts because yeah. they are heavily reliant for years on that that sector to fund their political parties. And now they can't do that. Go right to your phone calls here. Ed in Surrey. Hi Ed, go ahead. Oh hi uh, Mike and Keith. I'm just wondering it is a you know months until the next election. I'm wondering other than floor crossers, what sort of candidates the conservatives would be able to field? And I'm really worried about, you know, a bunch of right winger and experienced people uh, standing for the conservatives. And I'd like to see yeah. what you guys think about it. Yeah. So one of the challenges the conservatives have, unlike the other parties, they don't, there's nothing there. They don't have a real strong infrastructure. They have no money. They have no money. They have no staff. They have no. well, very few staff. They don't have a, a robust executive council. That's something. No. And one of the problems parties get into is, um, candidates yeah. who are not vetted. Yeah. So both BC United and BC NDP strongly vet their candidates. Just check, make sure there's no crazies, no how many skeletons in the closet are right. there. Yeah. And they go through a rigorous vetting process. And we've seen instances in pretty well every election where a candidate gets 
gets exposed for something in the past. Some social media posts. And they have to nobody resign. knew about. They have to resign, yeah. Yeah. or you know, um, the, the Alberta part, uh, Conservative Party went through that with a lake of fire candidates. These crazy, very right wing people that had to resign. So. John Rossett has to be concerned about that. Oh, yeah. That, that he's saying he's going to have 50 candidates before Christmas. He told Fran Yainer from um, one of the, the World BC website that he's going to have that many candidates. I'm not sure you can get 50 candidates without a strong vetting process. So that's one of the weaknesses that conservatives are facing. You need 93 candidates. That's how many writings are going to be. The crackpot factor. Yep. You, um, you just know there'll be a lot of crackpots coming out of the Lake oh. of Fire candidates, and that's going to be a problem for the conservatives Yeah. Uh, going forward. One thing I can add, because I had a conversation with Russ just before I came in here. Yeah. There's a rumor has been around that he was going to run in one of the Abbotsford writings. Hmm. Um, and he told me, no, absolutely not. He says he's committed. He's running in the Chaco Lakes, which is his writing. I'm sure that's going to be the same name. A bunch of writings are changing their names because of the redistribution. But he says he's committed to running where he is, which is just uh, up north, just uh, west of uh, Prince George. So he's yeah. committed to running there. He's not running in Abbotsford. Al in Surrey. Hi, Al. Go ahead. Not one of the leaders, especially EEB, but the United Party or the Conservative Party have shown that they can stand up to the federal government when B.C. gets shafted under equalization, under representation in MPs. Quebec is now going to have one more MP than they're entitled to by population, by the Senate, by anything. So all of these guys live in their own bubble and don't stand up for the BC taxpayer. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure these are top of mind issues no, for a lot of voters. The fact that Quebec gets one MP, more MP, I don't think really. I mean, BC's been upset the PEI has, you know, proportionally more senators than we do. I mean, big, uh, the, I mean, you do see you do see some Western premiers standing up a lot more to Trudeau on things like uh, carbon taxes or, or healthcare spending. You know, healthcare. Yeah. I think those are much more. Um, issues that premiers want to talk about and politicians yeah. is health federal health care money. Yeah. It used to be 50-50, now it's 75-25 yeah. in terms of percentages. Those are real. The days of constitutional arguing about Senate and MPs, that was an 80s thing. Yeah. That, 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 those days are over. George in Nanaimo. Hi, George. Go ahead. So, Mr. Rustad's interview, uh, everything he said echoes the opinion of a great many people. This is, I tried to tell you guys a year ago, that these guys were going to catch fire. I'm not surprised. We look at Kevin Falcon and United, and they're not fundamentally different from what the NDP are doing. A lot of us are diametrically opposed to all of the NDP policies, and this is the man that's speaking to us. It's only going to get okay. bigger and bigger. Thank you. Well, if it doesn't get bigger and bigger, then it doesn't really matter, because this poll right now, these polls show the Conservatives are still in the 20 percentile. I mean, that doesn't form government in B.C. No. You, you know, it's just right now, if an election were held, if these numbers hold true, the NDP would win in excess of 70 seats. Does his, does his position on SOGI, though, align with most British Columbians? Isn't there majority support for the SOGI program in schools? Yeah, again, though, if you look regionally, yeah, this is where mm. public opinion is different in Metro Vancouver than it is, say, in the out, outer Fraser Valley, for example, or parts of the interior. Keith, thanks a lot. Talk to you tomorrow.